Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, our broadcast today is one that you will not want to miss because it's all about God's wonderful plan of salvation for you. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, we read these amazing words. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Yes, it can be a present reality for everyone who hears this message today. And what greater possession than that of having the forgiveness of sins and peace with God? And where is this redemption found? Well, it's found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In our broadcast today, Dr. Sandy Higgins takes a close look at the extent and effects of sin in our world and in our lives. He turns to this wonderful verse and many others in the Bible to explain how God forgives frankly, freely, fully and forever. We hope that this gospel message will help you to understand the marvelous grace of God and start you on a new life today, knowing your sins forgiven forever. Ephesians 1 and verse number 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And we are sure that God will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. Just a few weeks ago, as part of my requirement, I was at a conference, professional conference, not a Bible conference, professional conference in Denver, Colorado. And various topics, subjects were addressed, but there was a certain sameness, a certain repetitiveness to every presentation. As one speaker after another rose to his feet, he would present what he felt was the greatest health challenge facing America. And so one would get up and speak about the problems of cholesterol. He would go through a certain chain of events. Someone else would rise and would speak about obesity in children. Someone else would get up and talk about high blood pressure. And the scenario was the same. Each one impressing you with the importance, the, the tremendous relevance of that subject to the audience. And they would, first of all, talk about the incidence, whether it was 20%, 30% of the population that was suffering with this particular problem. Then they would tell you something of the tremendous effects of that problem upon society at large. Then they would tell you about the cost of it in dollars and would give staggering figures to impress you with just how tremendous this problem was facing people. And then finally they would talk about the cure or, or the approach to it. And as I sat there listening to speaker after speaker after speaker saying almost the same thing word for word, I thought, yes, problems. But that is nothing. That is nothing compared to the ultimate problem facing humanity. The problem of sin. The problem of your sin tonight against God. Talk about extent how far it reaches, talk about effects of that sin, 
and all it has done? Talk about the ultimate cost of that sin, what it costs God, what it will cost sinners. Talk about the cure for that problem, the forgiveness of sins. Listen again to Paul's wondrous words, words that thrill the heart of every gospel preacher, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So let me talk to you first of all, because this is really the foundation. Talk to you about the problem of sin, the reality of this problem. Could I tell you something about the tremendous nature of this? This is not really a matter that you need to learn how to believe or that you need to learn how to feel saved or how to have the right kind of faith to be saved. The problem tonight if not saved, is very simply the problem of your sin against God. The problem cuts across all of humanity. The problem is unique to all. It is the problem of sin that faces mankind. The tremendous reality of sin tonight. Sin against God. Not just sin against neighbors. Not just sin against parents. But sin against the holy God of heaven. The tremendous reality of it. Can I tell you something of the extent of this sin tonight? Every society... Every class of men, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every individual, without exception, but not only every individual without exception, but every part of every individual, without exception, affected by sin. Listen to the words of the great prophet preacher as he spoke. From the sole of the foot to the head, no soundness. God, the great diagnostician, looks at humanity, looks at you tonight, looks at me as I was in my sin and traces every aspect, every particle of man, and pronounces the same incurable disease affecting every part. Listen to the words that he mentions in Romans chapter 3. He begins with the mind, doesn't he? And he tells us there is none that understands. Something wrong with our thinking. But he moves from our minds to our motives. He says there's none that even seeks after God. He moves from minds to motives, doesn't he? And he comes next to our mouths. With their mouths they've spoken and so on. Poison of ass under their lips comes finally to our movements, way of peace they haven't known. Every aspect of man, not just what you have done, not just the deeds you have done, but the thoughts you have thought, the motives that have led to everything, all of that. God views it all. And he says, all have sinned. None righteous, no, not one. Every particle of man. That chapter, Romans chapter 3, as a divine physician, God looks at men. As a divine historian, he overlooks all the long history of men. The way of peace they haven't known. As the divine judge, he sums it all up. All guilty before God. Something of the tremendous extent of sin tonight. How it has invaded your thinking, your motives, your actions, your deeds. Every part. Every part. You see, one of the great difficulties we have, I guess it's really not our difficulty. The Spirit of God is the only one that can do it, is to show you really how awful sin is in the sight of God. Paul says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Listen, the forgiveness of sins. That's the problem tonight. If you've come in unsaved, you have to find how can my sins be forgiven? How can a God who is holy, how can a God who hates sin, sin is the, exact, the antithesis, the exact opposite of all he is. How can that God forgive my sins? The extent of sin. Can I tell you something of the effects of sin? There are diseases ravaging humanity. There are tremendous things that are affecting the, the quality of life and the length of life and the enjoyment of life of many people. 
But there's nothing that even comes close. Nothing that even comes close. That's a distant second to the tremendous effects of sin upon humanity. First of all, it created a distance, didn't it? The moment sin came in, men were separate from God. Created a distance. But you know something else? It created a distance between men as well. Because the moment sin came into the world, two people who were supposed to be one, suddenly Adam says, take her, leave me. She's the one that's guilty, not me. Sin has affected relationships at every level. Sin has affected relationship with God, relationship with men. Ruined human relationships caused all the sorrow in our world. If we could, if we could somehow gather up every tear ever shed, somehow bring together every groan ever uttered on earth, somehow calculate all the grief of human existence, bring it all together, try to find the cause, no difficulty, all traced back to sin. Every sorrow of our world traced back to sin. But you know, one of the greatest one of the greatest effects of sin is it blinds people, blinds people to their need, to their condition. Sin blinds to ultimate need and ultimate reality. Somehow, in the heart of every sinner, there is lurking the thought, I am somehow different. That's not really me. Would you just put down all your defenses, all of your excuses, all of your thinking for just a moment? Just allow the Word of God to address you. Allow it to come to where you are when it says, all have sinned. There is no difference. No difference. Do you know that there is no difference? It took just as much of the work of Christ to save a lily-white Sunday school girl as to save the drug addict in the gutter of sin. Just as much. No difference. It takes just as much to save, just as much of the work of Christ, just as much suffering upon the cross to save someone raised in the gospel with every intention of being saved as to save the darkest, most wicked, most heinous criminal in our criminal system. No difference. You need a whole Christ just as every other sinner. So could I tell you tonight about a forgiveness that is given frankly. That's the word really that is used by the Lord Jesus in, in Luke chapter 7. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly, he frankly forgave them both. Isn't that amazing? When sinners realize I've got nothing to pay, he frankly forgives. There are perhaps, I haven't checked it recently, hundreds, almost thousands of religions there are in the world tonight. And men try to categorize them and put them in different little cubby holes and pigeonholes. But really, there's only two. There's really only two. There are religions that tell you what you have to do to get to Valhalla, to Nirvana, to, to paradise, to the kingdom. They all tell you something you've got to do. And then there's one that tells you what's been done. Now, if you've come in tonight thinking about what you have to do to get saved, you're in the wrong place. Because we're here to tell you what someone else has done. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. You have nothing tonight. You've got nothing to offer God. Can't offer Him your good motives, your good intentions. You don't come with the idea that I really want to be saved. Here I am now. Now do something. Can't come with a, a past of trying to please God and, no. You have, you have absolute, you are a bankrupt sinner tonight with nothing to give to God. Absolutely helpless 
before the throne of eternal justice. Absolutely with no plea, with no bargaining power, with nothing to bring to the table. Bankrupt, but when they had nothing to pay. That's where you are. Romans 3 reminds us of people who had nothing they could say, doesn't it? Every mouth shut. Every excuse gone. For a year and a half, I had to work in a maximum security prison. I met some of the most notorious of, uh, of our state's criminals. I had kind of a favored relationship because uh, when you're a physician, you, um, you have the ability to uh, make life a bit easier for them in some ways. And so they were very uh, open with me and very, uh, you know, I just had a little better relationship than the average guard would have had with them. And I would uh, frequently talk to them about what had brought them there. You know, you get around to it, you know. You know, I think I must have talked to probably over a thousand prisoners. There was only one man in all that time who, when he told me what he was there for, had no excuse. Everyone else, I got, you know, I was, I was busted for, for breaking and entering, but, but, my buddy let me take the rap. Or, um, yeah, I'm here because I killed my wife, but we had a murder-suicide pack and I killed her, but I didn't have courage to commit suicide myself, you know. And everybody had an excuse. Everyone had some some extenuating circumstance for why they shouldn't have been there or why why they weren't quite as bad as they were supposed to be made out to be. All the world guilty. Every mouth shut. Listen, you've got two choices. To shut your mouth now or to have your mouth shut then. Nothing to say. No reason to delay. Because the Lord Jesus is welcoming sinners to come to him tonight. Isn't it amazing? Don't know if you've ever noticed it. David says back in Psalm 32, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. Mine iniquity have I not hid. I will confess my transgressions unto God. Then thou forgivest. When David said, you know, I'm tired of hiding. God says, David, you're tired of hiding? Then I'll hide your sins. You see, being saved just is saying that God is right. He's right in what he says. He's right when he says, I'm a sinner. He's right when he says, I deserve nothing. He's right when he says, the only thing that I am fit for is hell. God is right. I'm wrong. When a sinner tells God that God is right, God says, now you're right. That's what salvation is, just agreeing with God. What he says is right. God is longing to save, ready to save. Problem is with you. Problem is you are not being honest with God, still behind some facade, some, some defense. He frankly forgave them both. This forgiveness is not only done frankly, it's done freely, without a cost, without a charge. Romans chapter 3 reminds us of it, doesn't it? Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. A free, full salvation that God gives. No cost to you. Redemption through His blood we read together. The forgiveness of sins. Someone else has paid the cost. Someone else has borne the entire cost. For your salvation. The price of sin has been paid. Listen to Hebrews chapter 9. Once in the end of the age hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Price of sin has been paid. A sacrifice was given at Calvary that has eternally satisfied the throne of a holy God. And tonight where there are a million worlds like ours, that blood would avail for all. But it was shed for you. Shed for the remission of sins. Shed that you might be saved as though you were the only sinner in the world. 
I cannot do the math for you, but all that Christ did was for me. And everybody here who's saved can say all that Christ did was for them. You can't calculate that and say, well, if it was all for me, how could it be all for you? Well, as I said, I can't do the math, but that's the truth. You need a whole Christ tonight. He died to put sin away by the sacrifice of himself. The price of sin has been paid. The penalty of sin, all born. You know the, so well the verses, don't you? Isaiah 53, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the punishment of our peace upon him. And with his stripe, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath made to meet on him. What a meeting. The iniquity of us all. The punishment borne by him. Penalty paid. The punishment born, problem solved. He freely forgives. That's what you need tonight. That's the ultimate thing you need tonight is this forgiveness that comes from God. But not only that, but he forgives not only frankly and freely, he forgives fully. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Listen again, as John writes, as an aged man, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. Listen to what Paul writes to the Colossians. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ said one day to his critics. All sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto man. Do you believe tonight that God is able to forgive all sins? That, that God is able to take a sinner and not just sift through the, the good and the bad and decide which... No. He can forgive all sin. Tonight, he can make you right in his sight. Paul writing to the Corinthians, such were some of you as he lists sins of horrible nature, sins that made them the lowest rungs of society. And he says, such were some of you. Forgiven, forgiven. What a tremendous thing. What a wonderful thing tonight if someone would leave this meeting for the first time, forgiven. Every sin gone. The past blotted out. The future opened up. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ several times spoke to people and forgave them, listen to what he said. In our authorized version, it says, go in peace. That's wonderful. But there's something even better. The literal rendering of that is, go into peace. It's like going into a new country, going into a new world, going into a new life. Go into peace. That's what you could have tonight in this forgiveness that God offers. A forgiveness that is done frankly, a forgiveness that is done freely, a forgiveness that is done fully. Can it get better than that? Let me tell you about a forgiveness that is forever. A forever forgiveness. No expiration date. No limit to it. It is a forever forgiveness. Listen to what a man named Hezekiah said. That God had cast all his sins behind his back. There was a prophet named Micah. And he said that God had cast all their sins in the depths of the sea. Isaiah the prophet said that God had blotted out as a thick cloud his sins and his transgressions. Listen to what God says in his promise to the nation of Israel. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more forever. Imagine that. Imagine a God who finds delight. It actually brings him pleasure to forgive sins. It actually brings him joy to take a person who has lived a life of rebellion against him and forgive their sins. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, is that human? 
Is that natural? That's what God is like. Takes people who have been rebels. You see, sin is not just some little mistake I've made. Sin is not just some, some lapse, some weakness, some frailty of mine. Every sin. Now, now just listen, please, because if you can grasp this, it'll help you realize the enormity of your problem. Every sin means that I become my own God and dethrone God. It says, I want my own way. I have a right to what I want. I don't care what God says. I have a right to what I think. I don't care what God says. I have a right to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter what God. I am my own God and God will be displaced. Every sin, every sin in its essence is rebellion against the throne of God. It is a self-deification. That's how bad sin is. And yet God takes these puny rebels that we are, gave His Son to die for us and embraces us and offers us forgiveness. That could be yours tonight. Now you may say, but how? In whom? In whom we have redemption? It is in a person. It is in Him. In whom we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins. Could I tell you then of the great work of Calvary? Could I tell you of the blood of Christ? Could I tell you of what transpired outside the walls of Jerusalem when the Lord Jesus Christ gave Himself a sacrifice for sin? That when He went to that cross, He died for the ungodly. Does that meet you where you are? Just an ungodly sinner? Someone with no, no likeness to God whatsoever? Listen to what Peter says. Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. The Lord Jesus Christ, bringing men to God. He could bring you tonight. So let me tell you about this forgiveness being by faith. You say, there's the problem. I knew you were going to come to it. I've got to have faith. I've got to somehow believe and do something to get this salvation. Not at all. You know what faith is? Just believing what God says. Just believing God. Nothing, nothing you work up, nothing you manufacture, nothing you create, not an emotion that suddenly takes a ground swell and reaches a, a peak and all of a sudden it's there and you've got it. No. Faith is just, is God telling the truth? Is God telling the truth that when He says His Son died at Calvary for the unjust, take Him at His word. People stumble over receiving Christ. How can I re I would gladly receive Him if I could. If it was a present, as people sometimes speak of it being a gift, I would just go over and get it. And take it, it will be mine. The way you receive it is by receiving God's Word. This is the written Word that speaks of the living Word, that speaks of Christ. And the way you receive it is just by receiving what God says. In whom we have present possession, could be yours tonight, in whom we have redemption, the price through His blood. Like the verse says, it's the riches of His grace through the great work of Christ on the cross that brings redemption to the soul, and it's available for everyone. Are you willing to confess your sin, your need of a Savior? It's only when you do that this verse will become precious to you like it has for so many others down through the ages. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.